0: Welcome back to Unleashing Leadership. I'm your host Travis Moss, and we're on episode number 14. And today we're going to talk about silos. And we left off with team identity and trying to this idea that we got to set up our team identity. and We got to do it on purpose. We also got to make sure that that team identity doesn't go haywire. It doesn't get cocky. It doesn't get arrogant on us. And that's where we come to silos. And as I was preparing for this episode, I actually had bleep warning across the top before, you know, when we were. Kind of rolling around the ideas of unleashing leadership and what it was going to be, what the tone and tenor was going to be. Um, I, I was unsure about whether or not I could swear during it. And this is one of the episodes that even when I didn't think it was, you know, maybe we're not going to use any cuss words or anything like that, I was just going to have to do a bleep warning. I'm, I'm going to personal challenge. I'm going to see how far through this I can make it without dropping some fire trucks because um, silos, I mean, they're just. I wanna say they're just bullshit, but I'm not supposed to be swearing. Just, they just suck. Silos are, are where business goes to die. It's the cancer, it's the uh, it's the alcoholic of business. It's it's you just gotta get rid of them. Silos are just the, the destruction, the earthquake. Earthquake, that's a good place to be. We got some stuff to talk about. We're gonna talk about the fault lines. It's the earthquake in the business. Um We've talked about information gateway uh, gateways and information like, like keepers, people who hoard information, it makes them feel stronger, makes them feel important, makes them feel powerful. Uh, those are communication barriers. Silos are communication barriers. It's where information information goes into the silo, and it never comes out. Don't you don't know what they're doing inside the silo? Don't have to show you. It's our special sauce, right? Um, We get together in a silo and we talk about what's happening outside of the silo. Not necessarily normally positively, but nobody outside of the silo knows about it. We get our outside of the silo face, our inside of the silo face. Um, Silos are where people claim territory or teams of people claim territory. This is my area. This is my space. Get out. Egos form there. It's an echo chamber. Repetitively speaking to the team. We're the greatest. We're the greatest. Or they're all out to get us. They're all out to get us. If you've worked at a company who has bad culture, management's all out to get you, right? Other everybody else in the company sucks. Um we have the information, we have to protect it. They want to take advantage of it. We have to compete with them. We have to have this advantage that that, that information belongs to us, that type of thing. You know, in the book, team of teams, they kind of talk about silos in, in, in a quasi format i'm really projecting my issue of silos into the book but they do talk about that when you think about all the different government agencies i mean how we had plenty of information to warn us about september 11th but we didn't do anything because it was siloed up in different different uh government agencies nobody would talk to each other it was their territory you're on a need-to-know basis silos are bad um we get distorted views Because we can shape the silo, we can design the silo. Right? Think about like a farm silo where they put grain and stuff. Actually, I you know I grew up in the country. I still don't actually understand just exactly what we do with silos. Um, I didn't work on that kind of farm, but uh, I know we put grain and stuff in them. But if you if you put you put yourself in a silo and you looked up, it's this long cylinder. You know, it's, you're, you're isolated in there. It's like you're in your own world. Everything's blocked out. It's almost like you're in a cave. You can control that. There's an amount of space that is yours and it belongs to you. You can control. There's only like a small entry in. You can control what comes in. You can control what goes out. Um, and we try to control, even beyond reasonableness and beyond our authorities. We create isolation we create consolidated risk. There's all kinds of problems with the silo Okay, so I beat the heck out of silos. So I did swear in the beginning, but I haven't dropped a fire truck. So still winning here. That's like a – that's that, that's a quasi win, right? We'll take that so far. Um, I'm to talk about the financial industry because that's the industry I understand the most. But I understand a lot about business, a lot about different types of businesses. And I would – love to debate how silos are good for any business. I mean, silos are the reason you had the 2008 financial crash, very, very small groups within companies that became more important than the companies and nearly, and really bankrupted companies, almost bankrupted the entire country. Right. It was because of silos, silos in the financial industry, almost every financial firm. Well, every financial firm I've ever been at outside of seed and, uh, Every financial firm I've recruited somebody from, and it's something that we always fight. It's like um, if if you ever see the videos in Florida with the alligators climbing the fences, that's literally what it is. Silos are the alligators climbing climbing the fence, coming for you. You know they're coming, right? You could build a bigger fence, yet they're still going to try to get in your yard. They're still going to try to eat your dog. That's the silo effect, right? They're, They're literally coming for you, and the financial industry. People, are, people don't understand this. You go deal with a firm, right, and you deal with a guy at the firm, and you're like, oh, you know, this firm is so great. Most of the time, you're dealing with the guy, not even really the firm. The firm basically sets the rules. It says, guy, this is what you can and can't sell to people, and this is what you can and cannot do. Otherwise, we're going to say that you're breaking the rules and we're going to dock your pay or terminate you. That's basically what the firm does. So the guy does kind of whatever they want. And you walk in the door and the guy gets to do something with you first. They claim you. You now belong to them. And when you need something that guy can't offer you, he doesn't say, let me go get that for you. I mean, he might within reason, as long as it doesn't affect his compensation. But as soon as it borders into the point where he's got to split compensation with somebody, unless he doesn't think he can close you himself, nope, not leaving that silo. You're staying in there. You're going to work with him, whether he's the expert or not. He's going to tell you he's the expert. I've seen attorneys do this. I've seen accountants do this. It's a, it's a phenomenon, especially in the professional services. It's territorial. In the financial industry, so here's an interesting story. We were working on a project, and I said, look, I want to work on teaming better within our organization. And uh, the team is was working, I said, okay, we'll work on that project. And they went out, and they came back, and they said, we've, we've got the solution to better team. I said, great. I'm expecting to hear. We need to communicate better. You know, one of the solutions we recently had is, look, we need to respond to people within 24 hours. I know, seems common sense, but sometimes you get busy and you forget, right? We need to communicate better. better. We need to have better note-taking. We need to be more punctual, those types of things. Nope, they came back and they said, you know what? We're going to scrap the whole system. We're going to scrap what seed is, and we're going to do this diamond program. And what the diamond program basically is, is you got a guy at the top, the top planner. And then the guy at the top's got like a junior planner. And then the junior planners got like an assistant. And then the assistants got like a out of school fresh person that's basically a gopher. And they're all responsible for kind of bringing in clients and building the business up. And when each level gets big enough to kind of split out on their own, they then go and start their own team. So let me get this straight. You took a company, a company made up of like no silos, who said, We want to be able to figure out how to work even better as a team. And you said, Let's isolate our top people. Let's uh, assign people to them that don't work with anybody else on the team. Let's go out and recruit people to come in and basically be their little lackeys. Their job is just to come in and, you know, clean up their messes for them. And We think that's good teaming. And they got it. They said, well, this is an industry expert. These are consultants. They tell everybody in the industry how to do this. Yeah, the whole fucking industry is broken. There I go. I I failed. One fire truck. We'll see if I can not do that again. The whole industry is broken. Retention rates are like something like, I don't know, 14%. We saw one report where I don't think it's like 90 plus percent of people, new financial advisors, failed out of the industry during COVID. Why do you think that is? Because I put you on a team, so-called team, in a silo that doesn't give a damn about you, you're there to work for them. You're there to make them money. You're there to do their work so they can go fishing. And how do you advance? Somehow magically getting more work, learning skills that they don't actually have in that silo. So what, you can break off and create your own silo? How much risk are you creating for the business or the industry? This is why firms break all the time. You see professional firms split in half all the time. Why? Because I'm going to take my silo and go someplace else. You told me something I don't want to hear. You said we got to call clients back within 24 hours. That's not how we do it on our team. Nah, nah, we're out of here. And the business implodes. It's like an earthquake. The financial industry, and I would say the legal industry, and the tax industry, all the professional fields, complete disasters because they silo. That belongs to me. Those are my clients. I created Seed Planning Group. Actually, the silo. This is an interesting. I didn't. I didn't thought about this. I was at a big financial firm, and there was no accountability, and it was siloed. Everybody was just kind of doing their own thing, but they carried the name of the financial firm. So I would go out and I'd meet people. I said, "Well, I look for. I work for financial firm X," and they say, "Oh shit, I'm not doing business with you." I'm like, "Wait, well, you don't understand. I'm like a franchise. I'm not with everybody else." They said, nah, you work for that company. I'm not going to work with you. So I created Seed because I wanted to be able to hold out the fact that we had different values. But within Seed, there should be no silos. Everybody works together as a team for the betterment of the client. That's the goal. When we're talking about better teaming, when we're talking about more efficiencies, How do we work better across platform? How do we work better across geographies together? Not how do we separate ourselves from each other? How do we claim territory? How do I get some power up over somebody else? How do I play politics? How do I insulate myself so I don't have to do what you say? That's what silos do. Silos create fault lines. Around every silo is a fault line. So think of your business as a continent and every silo you got in your business there's a fault line so every group of people where back to our, our silo values there's territory claims there's egos there's distorted views there's attempts to control things beyond reasonableness or beyond authorities there's isolation of information there's isolation of people um, or there's consolidated risk. You could have all those things there. You can have just one or two of those things there. You got a silo. And every place you got a silo, you got a big, nasty fault line. Like the California drops off into the ocean fault line. I'm probably dating myself when I was growing up. That was the fear. The fear was that you know, we were within decades away from California. There's an earthquake. Boom, California's going to fall into the ocean. It's going to be all gone. That kind of fault line. And the problem in business is there are no small earthquakes. If you get an earthquake in business, you get a a, 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 what the Richter scale ten. It's always a ten. If it's not a ten, it's a fire. It's just a little fire, right? We put out fires all day, but when you get an earthquake, that shit splitting your continent in half. So I get a little fired up about this. You gotta make sure. And I do this every single day. you got to make sure that there's not one single person and not one single team that's more important than the organization. So not one single person more important than any team and not one team more important than the organization. You do that, you're going to have a lot less fault line.